Hi, friends. Jessica here. Just wanted to share with you that we have reached the end of the second season. But don't worry, we're not going anywhere. There will be plenty of bonus episodes in between now and the launch of season three in midsummer. So be sure to hit the subscribe button in your podcast listening app so you don't miss new and bonus episodes every other Tuesday. I thought this would be a good time to connect with my listeners by answering or replying to any questions or comments you may have about the show, about the Virginia outdoors, or about me. If I receive enough questions and comments between now and June 15th, I'll respond to them in a bonus episode. If you have suggestions for the new season, I'd be happy to hear your ideas for topics to cover, places to visit, or new guests for the show. Email me at jessica at virginiaoutdooradventures.com or DM me on Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Virginia Outdoor Adventures is 32 episodes strong and counting. Thank you so much for supporting me and this podcast. Getting to know my listeners and meeting so many wonderful people who love Virginia as much as I do has been the best part of hosting this show. One last thing, I'm proud to say that this show has promoted dozens of small local businesses, nonprofits, towns, cities, and counties, regional tourism offices, government agencies, parks, and homegrown brands right here in Virginia. If you know of a local business or brand who would like to advertise or partner with Virginia Outdoor Adventures, please share the show with them or reach out to me by email or DM. Check the show notes for my email address and links to all of the social platforms. And now, on with the final episode of Season 2. From the Blue Ridge Mountains to the Chesapeake Bay, Virginia is a mecca for outdoor travel and adventure. Virginia Outdoor Adventures podcast brings listeners stories and recommendations from leaders and influencers across the Virginia outdoor community. Get the information and the inspiration to plan your own adventure right here in Virginia. I'm your host, Jessica Bowser. Virginia is blessed with an abundance of public lands that are open for everyone to enjoy. Wildlife management areas known as WMAs encompass 225,000 acres of diverse habitat across the Commonwealth and provide excellent hiking, wildlife viewing, paddling, fishing, hunting, horseback riding, and primitive camping opportunities. Lisa Gadotti, an experienced hiker, kayaker, and angler, has been exploring the wild by challenging herself to visit every WMA in Virginia. Lisa shares the highlights of her journey, what she has discovered along the way, and her tips for planning your own adventure so you too can explore the wild. Let's go. Virginia Outdoor Adventures is brought to you by Polaris Adventures. Polaris Adventures is a premier national network of more than 175 experience centers that feature top-of-the-line Polaris Power Sports rentals. The program has two outfitter partners in the beautiful Appalachian Mountains of Southwest Virginia. The Western Front Hotel in St. Paul, Virginia is a place to relax and a place to adventure. The boutique hotel has a rustic charm with a hip modern edge and activities for those looking for a true Appalachian experience, including music, culture, and cuisine. From paddling the Clinch River to exploring the Spearhead Trail System with the Polaris RZR side-by-side, there are plenty of things to do during a stay, both on and off the trails. In Bluefield, Virginia, Trailhead Adventures provides the unique combination of a top-quality campground and premier riding destination with access to the Hatfield-McCoy Trail System and the Spearhead Trail System. Enjoy vistas, wildlife, and endless miles of canopied forests throughout the remote, rugged terrain this location has to offer. Dedicated to introducing new groups to the world of power sports, Polaris Adventures is proud to support International Female Ride Day, a celebration of women in power sports. The world's only female-focused power sports rider event happens every year in May and aims to connect women riders of any kind in their communities and across the globe. Polaris Adventures is your best-in-class power sports adventure outfitter. Start your adventure by clicking on Polaris Adventures in the show notes of your podcast listening app to visit adventures.polaris.com. Blue Ridge Outdoors magazine takes readers deep into the mountains, covering adventure, recreation, travel, and culture. The largest free independent outdoor lifestyle magazine in the country, Blue Ridge Outdoors is dedicated to inspiring people in the Blue Ridge and beyond to go outside and play. 
Every issue includes coverage of top scenic destinations, multi-sport spotlights, interviews with inspiring adventurers, new gear reviews, and features on regional music and culture. Take a dive into the June paddling issue. From the prettiest lakeside getaways to the wildest whitewater rapids in the south, Blue Ridge Outdoors has got you covered with stories about fresh paddling gear, plus new crowd control efforts coming to Great Smoky Mountains National Park, the band Wilco's new sound, and much more. Check out Blue Ridge Outdoors magazine on newsstands monthly, or click the link in your show notes to visit blueridgeoutdoors.com. Okay, are we set to do this? I think so. All right. Let's do it. Let's do it. Lisa, welcome to Virginia Outdoor Adventures. Jessica, thank you so much for having me on today. I'm really excited to be here and to share my story about the wildlife management areas. Prior to visiting the wildlife management areas, what was your experience with the outdoors? So I was a pretty outdoorsy kid. I was the kind of kid who'd go fishing with my dad. I'd bring home turtles and snakes. I'd go play in the woods. I was splashing around in Swift Creek back when I was wearing diapers. But it's really only about 10 years ago when I started seriously hiking, which evolved into trail running, including a few ultra marathons. My father taught me how to kayak, and now I have a kayak and a paddleboard. And a few years ago, I finally broke down and bought myself a fishing license. So several years ago, I ended up visiting all of the Virginia State Parks, and I completed their Trail Quest program in 2019 and received my Master Hiker designation. That's awesome. I kind of got the impression that this was something you've been doing for a while. I see you posting about paddling and fishing and hiking. And I was like, this girl is all over the place doing everything. So I knew like from the beginning that this must have been something that's been ingrained in you for a while. Let's talk about the wildlife management areas, because I think a lot of people maybe don't know what wildlife management areas are. Do you remember how you first discovered them? So wildlife management areas, um, there are wildlife habitats managed by the Virginia Department of Wildlife Resources, and they provide public space for hunting and fishing and wildlife viewing. But it's kind of an interesting story. Wildlife management areas were not on my radar screen up until maybe about a year and a half ago. Interestingly enough, I reached out to the Department of Wildlife Resources last June about my race package for their annual Run for the Wild event, which was stolen um, from my doorstep. And so that call, interestingly enough, turned into a conversation about my passion for the outdoors, learning about the wildlife management areas. And so I kind of made an offhand comment about wouldn't it be nice to visit all of them? And then just decided that's exactly what I was going to do. But prior to that, I had only been to one or two wildlife management areas. And I just remember thinking, what are these places? Um, You know, my experience had been state parks, had been national parks. And I just said, this is really cool. I feel like I'm truly exploring the wild at the WMAs. Yeah, that's such a crazy story. You and I were talking about that the other day, and I just can't believe that all of this started with somebody stealing your race medal off of your front porch. I mean, that's kind of wild. And didn't you say you had a camera where you actually saw the guy do it? I Yes. So um, my doorbell camera actually caught uh, the moment that the package was stolen. It was really good footage. I ended up contacting the Richmond Police Department, and I said, hey, So this was stolen and they ended up um, taking an itemized list of what was in my race packet, which is why I had reached out to the Department of Wildlife Resources. And they ended up catching the person, but I didn't press charges. um, But I hope that they could use the footage if there were other people who had packages stolen. But yeah, it's such a crazy story. I did end up recovering my race medal and is very much proudly displayed with my other medals. So Lisa, you have visited how many wildlife management areas and how many do you still need to visit? So there are 46 wildlife management areas. um, And I visited my first wildlife management area, Fairy Stone Farms, in September of 2020 while camping and kayaking at Philpot Lake. At this point, as of this week, I have visited 27 and I have 19 left to visit. And I set a goal for myself to actually try to finish by the end of the year. 
Oh, wow. That's incredible. I think this is such a fun thing to do because like you, I completed Trail Quest. You and I completed it, I think, less than a year apart. So I was already thinking like, what's the next bucket list item going to be? And during the pandemic, that's when I discovered wildlife management areas. And I've mentioned this on my podcast before, but in 2020, when all of the parks were closing with the exception of state parks, it just felt like everybody was flooding into state parks and they were so over crowded and you couldn't find parking and sometimes the parks would have to close if they reach capacity and there was no parking left um, for people to come in so i was like okay well where am i going to go now and i saw a lot of my friends posting that they were going to wildlife management areas and these were most of my birding friends so they had already discovered wildlife management areas long before me and had been going there frequently and i thought well this seems like an interesting thing to try let me do this this. And so when I visited my first couple of wildlife management areas, I was like, oh, this is perfect because they're so much quieter than than state parks and a whole lot less crowded and i thought that was just awesome so i like you am also trying to visit all the wildlife management areas but i'm nowhere near where you are on the on the bucket list so how many have you visited jessica oh my gosh i knew you were going to ask me that i was looking the other day because i was like i think i need to count them up i'm only at like okay i don't even want to say because i'm embarrassed but it's like five or six (laughs) so I have a lot more to go and like my problem is I drive past them all the time but I don't take I need to start taking the time to plan and map out where they are so that when I'm driving by I actually have time in my schedule to stop like usually what happens is I drive past a sign that says such and such wildlife management area and I'm like shoot there's one right here and I don't have time to stop and go see it so I have to be better about that part of it your five or six WMAs um, are five or five or six more than most other Virginians. And I think that you should be really proud of that. And I'm really impressed. And hopefully um, you visit all 46 as well. And we can compare stories. That would be great because you're actually quite an inspiration. I see the way you're doing it and it makes me want to do it. In fact, the first time you and I met was because I had seen this wonderful story that Virginia DWR published about you visiting all the wildlife management areas. And I thought, wow, that's really cool. I want to do something like that because wildlife management areas are very different from parks. With parks, there's a lot of amenities. And so there's cabins and campsites and yurts, and that makes it a little bit easier to plan overnight nights, but wildlife management areas take a little more planning out. And I wanted to know exactly how you were doing it. And I was so grateful that you took the time to talk to me about how you were how you were approaching it. And that's why I'm really excited to have this conversation today so that other people who are thinking, wow, I would really like to visit all the wildlife management areas too, can kind of hear about what your experience has been like and how you have done it. So we already said how many you visited, but I'm curious, what have you discovered about wildlife management areas during your journey? No two wildlife management areas are alike. They have their own distinct personality. And my experience visiting each one has been vastly different. So you touched on this earlier and uh, WMAs are not like the state or national parks. There are no visitor centers. There are no amenities whatsoever. And it's really... um, It's interesting because it's a lot of times different tracts of land that may or may not be adjoined. And so I've discovered that I could explore one section of a WMA and completely miss out on a different section. But I'm really enjoying myself. It's truly an adventure. How would you describe the WMAs? I mean, you said that there aren't any amenities, but what can you expect to find? So what I've found so far is that um, WMAs will have a couple parking areas. And when you park, you're either going to um, just be by land, which may or may not have trails. You um, sometimes could park at a boat ramp so you can go fishing or you could launch a boat or a kayak or canoe. Um, But it really truly is just you and the land and the wildlife that lives there. Yeah. And that's kind of what I love about it. I mean, 
some people really appreciate the amenities of a park because it makes it easy but i appreciate the challenge of not having the amenities and i appreciate the solitude as well i don't know how you feel about it no i absolutely agree with you jessica uh, and that's really what attracts me to the wildlife management areas and you know let me preface this by saying I love state and national parks and I visit them enough to actually have annual passes to all the Virginia state parks, as well as the national parks. But you mentioned this earlier, as people embrace outdoor recreation, especially in recent years during the pandemic, it, that's a positive thing, but they are crowded and they are noisy and they kind of feel like Disneyland. Um, and so if I want to have a day of solitude, I rarely encounter anyone at the WMAs and I can spend a whole day hiking and paddling and fishing without running into other people. And I crave that sometimes. I hear you on that. So what types of outdoor recreation opportunities are available on the WMAs? So certainly the WMAs are traditionally used for hunting and fishing, um, but they're open to everyone and they provide so many opportunities for hiking and paddling and wildlife viewing. Um, you know, the wildflowers there are gorgeous. You can go horseback riding at many of them and there's even primitive camping. Yeah, so there's just a whole slew of things that you can be doing at wildlife management areas. And you can actually search for wildlife management areas based on the activity that you wanna do. So I know we're gonna talk about this soon, but there is a really cool app that Virginia Virginia DWR provides called Go Outdoors VA. And on that app, if you open up the wildlife management areas, you can click on which activities you want to do. So maybe you want to fish or maybe you um, are interested in wildlife viewing. You can click on each of those things and it will filter out all of the wildlife management areas based on your interest, which I think is an awesome feature. I definitely use the Go Outdoors VA app. Um, and that's been a huge, huge part of me planning my WMA visits, as well as the Department of Wildlife Resources. They have a treasure trove of information on the WMAs, um, such as directions and maps and the types of outdoor recreation opportunities that are available at each WMA. Um, and so when I'm planning for my, my visits, um, I absolutely use the app, I use their website, and I try to think about where am I going to be and what can I do at this particular WMA? Should I bring a kayak or a paddleboard? Um, I do bring my fishing rod with me almost everywhere I go. But yeah, it's, you know, they provide so much information and that app is absolutely critical. Lisa, I'm really curious to know, what have been your most memorable moments while visiting WMAs? Oh, wow. Um, so, you know, I've had, I've had a lot of really interesting experiences, but some of them have been, um, so I learned how to field dress a squirrel at Chickahominy. What? Um, <laughs> at Palatan. I know it was squirrel hunting season and I had the opportunity to watch one of the hunters dress a squirrel um, when he was back in the parking area. Um, and so he was, he was kind enough. Um, I was clearly intrigued. Um, he was kind enough to show me how he did that. Um, you know, I was told a couple recipes for what to do with the squirrel. Um, but yeah, just, I don't personally hunt, but I'm really intrigued by hunting and I've encountered so many good people. Um, but that was definitely, and that was one of my first WMAs. Um, that was definitely interesting. So more recently, uh, I went to Havens, which is near Catawba and I went hiking and ended up, um, you know, I love a good climb, but I had to bear crawl my way um, up the a beast of an uphill climb oh my gosh. and end up coming down in the dark with my headlamp. Yeah, no, <laughs> but Havens is absolutely my favorite and I can't wait to go back. So another one um, that's probably memorable is Hog Island, which is stunningly beautiful and offers exceptional birding among other activities. But to access it, you pass through the Dominion Surrey Power Station, which is the nuclear power plant. 
And everyone is required to stop at the entrance, step outside of your car. So it and you can be searched by armed guards who are so nice and so professional, but it's definitely memorable, especially if you're like me and you didn't look up that information in advance. Um, but I've stumbled across some pretty interesting things. Um, I found a shrine of animal statues and angels hanging in the trees at Ragged Island. And I've just had some really memorable conversations with some colorful characters and they're all really good people. Okay, wait, we got to back up. What do you mean by a shrine of animals in the tree? <laughs> what is that about? So this is in the woods at Ragged Island, and I don't—I didn't see a gravestone. I wasn't sure if this was some sort of cemetery, but it—it it was this area that had um, like garden fencing around it, and there were um, a bunch of different duck and geese statues. There were angel figures that were strung up in some of the branches of the tree that was over this area. I'm not sure what it, what it was about. Um, I would love to know though, but um, yeah, just, just interesting things that I wouldn't necessarily have seen um, maybe if I was at one of the parks. Yeah, that is interesting. I wonder, because sometimes these wildlife management areas are acquired, like their own, the land is owned by somebody else and then they're acquired by DWR. And sometimes what was there before gets left there. And, you know, you could be walking through the woods and this is true of almost any place in Virginia, by the way, like I think of Shenandoah National Park and the people that were displaced there when it became a national park. And if you walk through, uh, through the park now on the trails, you can often find relics of things of the past, whether it's home foundations, an old chimney, an old cemetery, old roads, things like that. Sometimes you often find things like that when you're walking through WMAs too. You might find an old, like dilapidated structure that maybe used to be a house or something where it was just left there and it's still there. And you have to wonder like, what did this used to be? Who lived here? What was it for? It's, it's interesting. You know, that is interesting, Jessica, because I'd say most of the WMAs I've been to seem like they do have some sort of dilapidated house remnants or foundation. And um, I would love to know those stories, right? So that's part of the adventure and going to WMAs, just finding out more about the history of the land and the people. But it truly, it truly is an interesting experience. Imagine swimming in blue holes with cascading waterfalls, taking in expansive views of the Shenandoah Valley, surrounding yourself in a field of blooming wildflowers, hiking to one of the few remaining fire towers east of the Mississippi, or walking in the footsteps of through hikers along the Appalachian Trail. Now lace up your hiking boots and head to Harrisonburg, Virginia, an ideal base camp for your outdoor adventure. Gear up in downtown where you'll find outfitters for hikers, cyclists, and fishing enthusiasts, as well as over 200 restaurants, five craft breweries, and one cidery in Virginia's first culinary district. If you're a regular listener of the show, you've probably heard me share some of my many epic adventures in and around Harrisonburg, like my first mountain biking experience on the western slope of Massanutten, my first underground caving experience, or my unforgettable hike to the historic High Knob Fire Tower in the George Washington National Forest with 360 degree views at the top. Harrisonburg has everything to satisfy my adventure-loving spirit, plus all the cuisine, entertainment, museums, and attractions you would expect from an award-winning Main Street community. No wonder Harrisonburg is friendly by nature. Start planning your adventure at visitharrisonburgva.com or click Visit Harrisonburg in the show notes of your listening app to go directly to their site. Summer is just around the corner and I'm gearing up for my next big outdoor adventure. I knew I would find the brands I love at Walkabout Outfitter. Walkabout is a family-owned small business that carries clothing, gear, and more with popular brands like Patagonia, The North Face, and Chaco. I recently dropped by the Walkabout Outfitter in Harrisonburg where I was excited to find a great pair of my favorite brand of cool hiking pants, a super breathable Patagonia long sleeve shirt, and a lightweight synthetic puffy jacket from the North Face, perfect for layering in the shoulder seasons or on chilly mountain nights. 
Rich is the assistant store manager and he helped me find the right pair of Lecky trekking poles for my frame and fit me for a new Osprey hiking pack. The staff are super friendly and love the outdoors as much as I do. Not only were they helpful with my shopping experience, but they also shared their favorite hiking locations in Harrisonburg and gave me some insider tips about trails the locals enjoy. Small local businesses are the heart and soul of our communities. Walkabout Outfitter has locations in Lexington, Roanoke, Richmond, Blacksburg, and Harrisonburg. I drop in every time I'm in town because it's fun to find great gear for my adventures and it feels good to support a family-owned store. Walkabout Outfitter has a special deal just for my listeners. Use the promo code WALKABOUT22 at checkout for $10 off when you spend $50. Click on Walkabout Outfitter in the show notes of your listening app to visit their site or drop into one of their store locations and tell the cashier that you're a fan of Virginia Outdoor Adventures. Limit one per customer offer expires on August 30th, 2022. Situated on the Atlantic Intracoastal Waterway, Chesapeake, Virginia offers an endless range of outdoor activities, from paddling and hiking to cycling and wildlife watching. On a recent visit to Chesapeake, I had an incredible experience that had been on my bucket list for years, paddling Lake Drummond in the Great Dismal Swamp. Lake Drummond is frequently named one of the best paddling locations in Virginia. The lush green tunnels of the Dismal Swamp Canal, the picturesque flat water of the lake, and a paddling campground makes this an ideal kayaking, canoeing, or paddleboarding location. But it was the majestic cypress trees with thick tangles of outstretched roots and dripping with Spanish moss scattered across a 3,100-acre Blackwater Lake that made my paddling experience feel like a fairy tale. I also love the birding and wildlife viewing opportunities on the Dismal Swamp Canal Trail. On my last spring visit, I counted over 80 species of birds. I also spotted a busy beaver swimming by, and I was shocked and delighted when two river otters unexpectedly emerged from the water and scampered across the canal trail just feet in front of me. I found the info I needed to navigate the diverse paddle experiences in Chesapeake by downloading the Paddle the Peak Passport app. You can earn reward points on the Passport app by checking in from your paddling location. And don't forget to brag for swag by sharing your paddle adventures with the hashtags Paddle the Peak and Visit Chesapeake VA for the chance to earn even more prizes. Chesapeake is the perfect beginning to your coastal Virginia getaway. Start your adventure by clicking on Visit Chesapeake in the show notes of your podcast listening app. So what have you learned about yourself during this journey? Well, so I have learned that sometimes I like an adventure and I like to blaze my own trails. Other times, um, I can't tell you I'm thrilled sometimes to find some sweet single track trail or some Jeep roads at WMA. Since the WMAs are rugged they offer more solitude, as a woman who is uh, recreating alone, I try to be more aware of my surroundings, listen to my intuition, and try to make smarter decisions. Um, But I've learned that I'm more resilient than I think, that I have an adventure spirit and an appreciation for snakes on land, but a healthy dislike for running into snakes on the water. (laughs) That's kind of hilarious. So you probably wouldn't have been really excited about any snake sightings or because I've had several lately. I know I posted some photos of myself actually at the DWR office, which is really neat because they have some snakes that they use for educational purposes. And I was holding Corny the corn snake. And it sounds to me like maybe that wouldn't have been your thing. You know, I'll hold the right kind of snake, um, the right kind being one that doesn't bite me or isn't venomous. Um, But um, I can't I can't say I don't really I don't really enjoy seeing snakes in the water. But um, but I've learned a lot about myself um, and I can't wait to see what else I learn as I continue my journey. 
you and I went hiking together just the other day at Thompson Wildlife Management Area, and I was super excited to share that experience with you because that wildlife management area, I think, is one of the first ones that I ever visited. And it's not too far from Northern Virginia, and it's really close to Sky Meadow State Park. It's right off of 66. It's surrounded by wineries and all of that. So it's really nice when you're done hiking to be able to pop over to one of the wineries and um, sit outside and have a beautiful view of the mountains and all of that but i really love it because of the trillium trail which is the trillium are a virginia native wildflower that bloom uh, usually in early may and it's absolutely stunning there and you the wildlife viewing is actually incredible too and especially in the spring when spring migration is going on with the birds there are so many species of warblers and things that you just know you're going to run into that you might not find anywhere else like cerulean warbler is a bird that's really hard to see because they love the top of the canopies um, at thompson they're just all over the place and so you have a better chance of being able to spot one than you might in other places or like kentucky warbler is another reliable um, bird that you can see at Thompson on the Trillium Trail that is really hard to spot in other places. And while you and I were hiking, what did we see? We saw a scarlet tanager. Do you remember that? I do. I'd never seen one before. Isn't it gorgeous? It's like this bright red bird. I would describe it as being even more red than a cardinal. And it has black wings, and that's the male. And then the females look the same, but they're yellow. So I'm not a birder, but I do have to say, I think the WMAs are absolutely spectacular for birding. Um, and I have actually, fortunately, sometimes seen people out there birding. Um, and I just, I, I agree with you. They offer such an abundance of resources um, and the birds are just amazing. Yeah. So I, you know, I tell people if they're going to visit a WMA to do their homework ahead of time to know when those things are going to happen. A WMA might have something that's really unique. And if you look that up in advance, then you can plan when to get there. So if you know, for example, that Thompson uh, has one of the largest displays of wild trillium on the east coast then you can plan to visit there in early may when the trillium are in bloom so what advice uh, would you have for somebody who wants to visit wmas as far as like how to plan a visit so the advice i have would be the wmas they're open to all but you do need to have a hunting or fishing license a boat registration or restore the wild membership. And these are your all access annual passes to visit any of the WMAs. So I have both a fishing license and a restore the wild membership because I believe that Virginians do have an obligation to be good stewards of our natural resources. And the restore the wild membership supports habitat projects for Virginia's wildlife. Most of the WMAs, they're open to hunting. And so anyone visiting the WMA should wear blaze orange or blaze pink. I have an old blaze orange hat that belonged to my pawpaw that I keep in my car and I wear whenever I visit the WMAs. You know, you touched on this earlier, Jessica, WMAs, they aren't Disneyland and there aren't any bathrooms. So you just need to plan ahead of time, have a plan for while you're there, pack some snacks, plenty of water, a PFD if you'll be in the water, bug spray and wear long pants if you're hiking around in the summer. Long pants is especially important because some of these trails are not well maintained. Like you said, these aren't parks. So, you know, oftentimes if the trail starts to grow over, it might be a while before somebody has time to get back there and do some work on it if they do it at all. Sometimes they don't. And that's kind of part of the magic of it all is, you know, it's it's not maintained. It, it, it does feel very wild. So if you want to avoid ticks, long pants are really important. And then also I like what you said about wearing blades orange or pink that's also something that i sometimes forget and if anybody follows me on social media they might remember that this past fall in november i was headed to thompson i was getting onto the trail and as i was getting on the trail there was a hunter who was coming off the trail and we were about to pass each other and he looked me up and down and i looked him up and down and he was dressed in blaze orange from top to bottom and i realized very quickly that i had made a big mistake because i was wearing 
wearing no blaze orange or pink and like all the colors i had on were dull like dark and dull and he sort of frowned at me and said no orange and i was so embarrassed but all i could say was i forgot and without even hesitating he took the orange hat off his head and handed it to me and i looked at him surprised i was like are you sure and he was like absolutely and so he gave like he pretty much insisted that i take it and then told me to be careful because other people were hunting up there and so i was so grateful that he did that but now i have a blaze orange cap that i just keep in my car all the time so i never have to worry about forgetting again you know other than that just um plan ahead of time and do take advantage of the go outdoors va app Go on the Department of Wildlife Resources website, dwr.virginia.gov, and then just do your homework. Um, They offer some really helpful information. Um, As you mentioned, they also will say, what does each WMA provide and offer in terms of outdoor recreation opportunities? Um, But yeah, just just plan ahead of time. I end up... um, I am fortunate in that my career affords me the opportunity to travel around the Commonwealth and I just research what hiking, kayaking, or fishing opportunities are available on the way or at my destination for the region's WMAs. And that's how I do it. And I think also what's really unique about WMAs is because they're all across the state, you have access to one pretty much almost wherever you're at. I mean, there's going to be a WMA nearby, and there are also going to be WMAs that include whatever type of landscape you're looking for. Maybe you want a mountain hike. Maybe you're looking for a great lake to go fishing in. Maybe you want to be on the beach. I mean, they are just scattered all over the place. Lisa, what are some of the WMAs that you most recently visited? So I just came back from a trip to the Eastern Shore, and there are three WMAs on the Eastern Shore. So at the northern end, um, there's Doe Creek and Saxis. And then at the southern end of the Eastern Shore, there's Mockhorn Island. Um, so, so when I went over there, um, I went to Doe Creek and I hiked around, and that's a WMA that... Um, is really good for birding. Um, I saw a great egret and um, was able to take a really great picture of that. I know it was beautiful. And it's so hard for me to take pictures of birds sometimes because all I bring with me is my cell phone. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, that was that was really beautiful. There were actual hiking paths. Um, so that was nice. And um, I think there's a lot of um, waterfowl hunting that happens there. But if you're a birder, I would definitely recommend going to Doe Creek. So then um, another WMA I visited over on the eastern shore is Mockhorn Island. And that's an interesting one. So only one tract of Mockhorn Island is actually on the mainland of the eastern shore. And the majority of it is um, maybe about a mile, mile and a half away from the shore and it's very it's very tidal in that it actually will disappear um, depending on the tides and so unfortunately this was one I said earlier about making smart decisions um, I was by myself and I was going to kayak over there and just decided that maybe that was not in my best interest and I should maybe come back when I have somebody with me to paddle with so I ended up hiking at the one track that's on land and that's fantastic. It is um, what used to be an old paved path and about a mile long. And it actually was where I first saw a fox in the wild, actually two. Um, and so that was something really special to me. Uh, wildlife viewing is something I really am passionate about. And I was able to take a really great photo. Um, and then the third one I went to, I went to Saxis and I kayaked around that one. Um, that one is one where I would definitely recommend um, kayaking, boating. I saw some anglers um, and there were, there's even beach areas where people were playing with their dogs. Um, but yeah, every single one had a different flavor. Uh, and those are um, the three that I visited and I'm hope, hoping I can do Game Farm Marsh um, in the next week or so. So that's an interesting one. That's in New Kent and Game Farm Marsh is only accessible by boat. 
So oh, now wow. I have a boating license. I know, I know. So that's one of the reasons why I now have a newly minted boating license. So I can rent a boat um, at one of the boat rental places on Chickahominy Lake and then go over to Game Farm Marsh. But that might be one of, I think, the more difficult ones for me to access simply just for that reason. Um, but I am looking forward to planning a trip later this summer. I'm going to probably go to some of the ones that are in the mountains. And, um, you know, I'm really looking forward to that. That sounds amazing. That boating one sounds like it's going to be a heck of an adventure. I can't wait to hear about how that works out for you. I can't wait to see how that works out either, because uh, when I called the boat rental place and I explained I wanted to rent a boat to get to Game Farm Marsh, you know, that the gentleman on the phone hesitated and he said, why would you want to do that? And I said, well, I want to go see it. I want to go take pictures. And the response I got was take pictures of what? <laughs> <laughs> but I'm looking, I know, I know. Well, apparently it's not a straight shot and you do need a map and you need to have a, a good understanding of uh, what the tides are like and go after there's been a lot of rain. And so that's something where you actually have to probably do a little research if you're not from the area and really intentionally plan your visit. But isn't it that much more rewarding when you have to put the work into making it happen and then it actually happens? Absolutely. I can't agree with you more, Jessica. Um, you know, I, it's so gratifying when I visit each and every one of the WMAs um, and the experience I've had and the people I've met have been incredible. Um, I am looking forward to visiting the remaining 19 um, and actually going back because there's some things that I would do different at some of the w WMAs that I've visited already. Really? Like, what would you do? Just planning it differently? Planning it differently, maybe doing a different activity. So, for instance, I, at the beginning of May, I went to Hardware River, WMA, and I ended up hiking and fishing at that WMA. But the Hardware River is just gorgeous. It's spectacular. And um, But I had planned that trip after a kayak race earlier in the day and just ended up, I knew that my arms were trashed and I was just going to be too tired to launch my kayak. Um, so certainly that's one where I'd like to go back and actually kayak around the hardware river. And so I'm trying to, trying to find somebody who can do a point to point with me. Um, because I think that would be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah, my hand is in the air. I volunteer. <laughs> Well, tell you what, Jessica, when you want to go to Hardware River as part of your WMA quest, um, let me know. I'd be happy to go kayak with you. What you were saying about going back and redoing things, I have that experience too, especially like when I was doing Trail Quest and I would visit a park if it was like in the winter and it was too cold to get on the water, but it was clearly an amazing place to paddle. I would put it back on my list and be like, I have to get back here when I can do this. Um, and so I could completely understand. My first time at Thompson, I didn't realize that there was a lake that you could paddle on. And so I had it in the back of my head that I had to come back and paddle when I had more time or when I was prepared and had my kayak with me. So I completely understand how that works. When you go in and you get to experience it, but you don't feel like you experienced it fully and you want to go back and take in more of it. So a couple of that I have not been to yet that I really want to go to. I'm not sure if you've hit these yet or not, uh, but I think Lake Muma is one that I see on the list of like places that you must paddle in Virginia. Have you been there yet? I have not been there yet. And you're right. Lake Muma is one of the, I think, prime places to paddle in the Commonwealth. Um, so I think later in the summer, there's three WMAs that are in that general area. And so I'm planning a trip um, where I can go kayak and paddleboard and go hike specifically um, just to see the WMAs, um, which just that that part of the, the state is just stunning. Um, but yeah, I, I, there's so many WMAs that just have something for, for everyone. Is Philpot Lake near there too, or is that somewhere else? No. So Philpot Lake, um, which I've been to a couple times now, Philpot Lake is, um, a little bit South 
east of Roanoke. Um, so it's near Bassett, Farum. So Philpet Lake is beautiful. And actually, I was there camping and on a paddling trip in September of 2020. And I said to myself, well, what can I do? Where can I go hike straight from my campsite at Goose Point? And uh, looked on the map and saw Fairy Stone Farms, WMA. And um, I said, well, what's this? What's a WMA, right? Um, so I look on the map. I said, well, let me just run over there, which I did. Um, and then just kind of, I didn't see any trails. wasn't even sure if I was in the right place. Um, but fortunately, uh, the Department of Wildlife Resources does have uh, boundary markers. But ended up just kind of walking around and hiking around. I felt like I was a, a little kid again. Um, exploring the woods. And I just said, this is really magical. Um, and that's, that was my first WMA experience. Um, but yeah, Philpot Lake, another great place to paddle. Yeah, there's several of them that keep landing on my bucket list. I mean, obviously hitting all the wildlife management areas is on my bucket list. But you know how sometimes you get these articles that pop up that are like five best places to paddle in Virginia or 10 best scenic hikes in Virginia. And quite a few of them are wildlife management areas. And that I think was one of the first times that it started to get on my radar that there were places that were not parks that I needed to explore. What continues to motivate you to visit the wildlife management areas? Jessica, I wanna see them all, but honestly, it's about the journey, not the destination. Over the course of the past year and a half, you know, I've traveled to all corners of the Commonwealth. I've met some really good people with great stories. I've learned a lot of things. I've seen some beautiful land. And I want to share my stories and my adventures at the WMAs and hopefully encourage and inspire others to go explore the wild at the WMAs as well. We are certainly inspiring me, Lisa. <laughs> There's no question about that. I, you've got me thinking that I need to step up my game and start planning more visits to wildlife management areas. Uh, I think we're going to close it up here pretty soon, but definitely we need to know how people can connect with you. Sure. So I like to say I chronicle my badassery and I regularly post about my outdoor adventures on my Facebook and Instagram, as well as Strava, interestingly enough. So the Department of Wildlife Resources has a Virginia Wildlife Run Club. So if you're a runner, you should consider joining, connecting with other like-minded athletes who appreciate wildlife and Virginia's natural resources. But I chronicle my, my wildlife management area journeys and some of my other adventures, um, primarily just on my Facebook and my Instagram. And what, how, how will people find you on there? I, I tend to be kind of, um, kind of a boring person. So my handles are actually just my name. <laughs> so Facebook, it's Lisa, L-I-S-A dot Gadotti, G-H-I-D-O-T-T-I. And on Instagram, it's L-M-G-H-I-D-O-T-T-I. So before we close it up, I have a couple of questions. What is one piece of gear you can't live without? Oh my gosh, one piece of gear? That's tough. You know, honestly, I use my cell phone for everything. Um, I use it for taking photos of wildlife and flowers. I map my location to see where I'm at. I have a screenshot of my fishing license in case I'm asked to show it. I have cell phone service for most of my hikes and paddles. Um, and I'll often Google really interesting things that I discover just to see what is that? I'm constantly asking myself, what is that? And so then I look it up. But fortunately, I've never needed to use it for an emergency, but it's there if I need to. Um, but I'm also pretty clumsy. And I just dropped a brand new phone into Philpot Lake while kayaking there last year. Um, and so now I have something called a hang time koala to keep my phone attached to my backpack or my PFD. What's your next big Virginia outdoor adventure? So last year, my friends at the Virginia Department of Wildlife Resources connecting me to a nonprofit organization in Richmond called Beyond Boundaries, which coordinates and guides individuals with special needs and other groups on outdoor adventures. Um, so it's really, it's really fantastic. So um, just spending my spare time in the woods, on the water, 
started doing adaptive kayaking and uh, with Beyond Boundaries, we're about to start doing whitewater rafting trips with visually impaired and um, pontoon boat excursions. So um, something that's really important to me is that adventure is for everyone. And I'm very proud to be part of the memories that are made with Beyond Boundaries and their partner organizations. And it's really meaningful to me to have an opportunity to share my passion for the outdoors with others. That's awesome, Lisa. I can just hear the passion in your voice when you talk about it. And I will drop a link to uh, Beyond Boundaries in the show notes. So if anybody wants to check out what that organization is about, um, they can do that. And I'm sure if they have any questions, you would be happy to answer them, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Okay, awesome. Are you gonna do Run for the Wild again? I think it's in July this year. Absolutely. I'm going to do the run for the wild. Um, you know, honestly, I love to support the Department of Wildlife Resources. It's a fantastic event. I'm hopeful that they may try to have something in person. I don't know. I haven't asked yet. But um, yeah, I guess I need to strap on my running shoes and just start running. Yeah, it's been virtual the last couple of years, so I don't know what they're going to do this year, but it is a 5K run walk, and I believe um, the purpose of the race is to support their mission to ensure that wildlife has healthy places to live and thrive, and who can't get behind that? So all of the registration proceeds go towards the Restore the Wild initiative, which is all part of what you said before when you talked about your access pass getting a Restore the Wild membership. Um, this is all part the same initiative to support habitat projects that are vital for the survival of Virginia's wildlife. So when you purchase a Restore the Wild membership or you sign up for Run for the Wild 5K, uh, you are supporting that that initiative and you are your dollars are going towards supporting Virginia's wildlife. So it's a wonderful program and a wonderful opportunity to get involved in. So I think I'm going to sign up this year too. And hopefully your race medal doesn't get stolen off your front step this year. Well, I think I'm going to have my race packet mailed to my office instead of to my house. Um, but I absolutely encourage anybody, um, whether you're a runner or not, to consider Run for the Wild. It's such a great mission, such a great event. Um, and I think everyone should support our natural resources. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for being a guest on Virginia Outdoor Adventures. It was really cool to hear about your experience visiting the wildlife management areas all across the state. And I hope that you'll invite me to come along on some of your future adventures. Absolutely. I'd love to have company, especially since I actually rarely ever go to the WMAs with anyone else. And I'm always up for a hike or a paddle or to cast a line and go fishing. I definitely want to go fishing with you. I've been doing a little more of that lately and I'm still learning. So I have a feeling you could probably teach me a few things. I would absolutely love to go fishing with you. I can't say we're going to catch anything, but I can certainly show you how to cut bait, bait a hook, cast a line and take fish off the line for you. So I'm still a beginner at fishing. But one thing that I have learned for sure is that it's not always about whether or not you catch the fish. It's about the experience. So I have a feeling that just hanging out with you fishing is going to be an awesome experience, regardless of whether we catch something or not. Well, let's do it. Let's make it happen. All right. Well, thanks again, Lisa. Adventure on. Thanks, Jessica. That's a wrap for season two. Don't forget to hit the subscribe button on your podcast player and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter so you won't miss the bonus episodes or the launch of season three. If you've enjoyed the first two seasons, please consider supporting me. Go to your show notes and click on buy me a coffee where you can buy me a virtual coffee or sign up for a membership. Members receive the complete list of links and resources from the show notes sent directly to their inbox when a new episode drops. Members also receive Virginia Outdoor Adventures vinyl stickers and a shout out on the show. Many thanks to the newest members, Jean from Stafford, Jennifer from Rockingham, Doug from Powhatan, Chris from Vienna, and April from Fredericksburg. Thank you so much for your support. Remember to send me your questions, comments, or suggestions so I can respond to your messages in a bonus episode. Hit me up by email at jessica at virginiaoutdooradventures.com or DM me on the socials. Check your show notes for the links. I will see you in season three. Until then, friends, adventure on. 